Hey folks, I'm Tennessee Brando and you're listening to If These Hills Could Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have really been excited about bringing this episode to you because today is the return of the Hillbilly Exvangelical. Uh, just a couple of days ago, I sat down with my good friend Michelle and uh, she and I had a really good conversation. We mainly discussed the uh, Till Kingdom Come uh, documentary and um, I'm really looking forward to you guys hearing this conversation because uh, I reviewed the documentary a few episodes back. And around that time, I remember thinking of Rochelle because she does such a good job on the TikTok app of uh, exposing these grifters and these televangelists and these phony you know, hate preachers that are out there uh, grifting people. Uh, she does a damn good job of exposing that stuff. And uh, when I watched that documentary, I thought, man, has she heard of the Binghams? Has she heard of this family? Has she heard of this uh you know, documentary till kingdom come. And so I reached out to her and said, if you've not seen this, go out of your way to watch it. And turns out she did. And when she messaged me back, uh, she's like, Oh, I've got so much to say about this. And we started to talk just a little bit and I pumped the brakes and said, Hey, instead of you and me talking here, uh, we're going to get really long winded. Why don't we just record this conversation? And so that's what happened. Uh, she uh, reached out to me and, uh, called me and we got on the phone and uh, had this conversation. Uh, that's how I record these um, when I have a guest on like this. You know, it was uh, her calling me and, and us doing it through the app that I use. Uh, we did have some issues with the internet connection. So there is a couple of spots that got a little wonky. At one point, I sound like Alvin and the Chipmunks for a brief second. And uh, then uh, there was a couple of times. Now, I don't have an editing team, but I did the best that I could of editing out some of the kinks that we had. But over, overall, it was a great conversation. The conversation was good. Uh, the internet connection might have been a little uh, in and out at times, but uh, the conversation was really good. Uh, Rochelle lives way back in the country, and hell, I do too. So uh, getting those two, uh, those two stars to align was a little bit of a challenge, but we made it work. And so I really hope you guys enjoy this uh, episode, enjoy this conversation. Uh, go ahead, take a listen to it, and we'll come back and close out the show. I'm back here with my friend Rochelle. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. I'm really glad to have you back on. I'm glad to be here. I was just I was actually just checking right before we uh went live and uh you're still the second most listened to episode that I've ever had. Uh and it's neck and neck. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's neck and neck with the episode. Another job in the Bible, so I thought that was pretty cool, so I'm glad to have that you That was back. good. Yeah. That was a good, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I, I saw that on Facebook, and I was like, man, you did a good job. Well, I appreciate that. How you been doing? Oh, I had gallbladder surgery last month, and I've just had so many issues. But other than that, I'm okay. That's good. I'm going to see a doctor tomorrow to, to find out what's going on, but. Other than that, it's it's all been all right. Well, that's good. That's good to hear. I know we uh, yeah we continued to since the last episode we've continued to you know share a lot of stuff back and forth. And one thing I shared with you a few weeks ago, I told you you should go out of your way to watch the documentary Till Kingdom Come. And uh, you messaged me not long ago and was like, "Hey, I finally sat down to watch it." <laughs> and so we started talking back mm-hmm. and forth about it. And I was like, "Hey, you know it'd be cool if you just came on the podcast and we talked about it there because I knew." we were going to have some long-winded conversations about it. And I figured why not have one for everyone else to hear. Yeah. So what was your, um, 
like initial reaction when you saw that documentary? Well, I could really relate to that because, I mean, I kind of grew up in that entire, like, that entire um, cult, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Um, where, you know, like my family would watch uh, John Hagee. Yeah. And, um, you know... And the whole Israel type, you know, we were always taught, you know, like, always, like, pray for Israel. And and, and don't get me wrong, you know, I love Jewish people and Israeli people, but just that whole, like, Christian Zion Zionism type. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I could just really relate to that aspect of it. Yeah, you know, you know, just when I first heard about the documentary, a cousin of mine reached out to me and told me about it. And he sent me the trailer to it. And when I saw the uh, the trailer, the trailer's a little bit deceiving because it looked to me like it was mainly going to focus on people like Pat Robertson and uh, uh, James Hagee, people like that. And I thought the Bingham family yeah. from Middlesbrough was just kind of going to have a, a cameo. But it turned mm-hmm. out that the documentary really focused heavily on the Bingham family, which is the church, the last church I ever went to. Um, you know, I grew up, uh, with the Bingham family in Middlesboro. They were close friends of our family. And, uh, I started going back to church there when, uh, uh, I was 19, 20 year old and, and he I ended up getting baptized there. And you said something a minute ago when you referred to it, when you referred to that, to it as a cult, you know, what's funny is we use that word a lot when we, when we're, when we're talking about it. And, uh, when you said yeah. it a minute ago, it kind of, it, it kind of hit me because I realized, you know, Back then, 23 years ago, when he baptized me, I really didn't view it as a cult. And I, and if someone had have said that, I would have thought that was harsh. But the further and further you get away from it and you look back at it, you go, whoa. And so, like, for me, watching it back, I was seeing my hometown that I grew up in. I was seeing the minister that baptized me. And I was hearing him talk. And I was going, man, was he saying that stuff back then? <laughs> I wish he was. But... It, I don't think it had registered as deeply with me what he was really going for and saying. And I didn't really realize yeah. the, the deep political connection that they have. So watching it back, all you know, I've, I've actually watched it about three times now because I just can't quit looking at it. It's kind of like a bad car wreck yeah. that, I can't, that I can't look away from because I'm like, wow, you know, I, I went there and I was part of that. And, you know, it, it, so that, that for me, that's, uh, I was really stunned when, when the whole documentary ended up focusing a lot more on them. Um, than it did the mainstream stars, you know? Yeah. So you was, you was raised up in a church similar to that. Yeah. Very similar. Um, like so much of what they were saying was, was just like everything that, you know, I think a lot of evangelicals are in that. Powerful course with you know yeah with with a lot of evangelicals yeah i think so um, you know, I think one of the things back when i was a kid that I, that I i think was a little bit deceiving to me back then is you know i would hear him constantly saying things like we must stand with israel we must be on their side and i always kind of i guess i was right. naive in, in thinking that he simply meant for us to support them and be friends with them and be peaceful with them and then the more I right. realized as, as I got deeper in the weeds on it, I'm like, wait a minute. No, he's 
he's perfectly okay with death and destruction hitting everybody if it has to in order for these prophecies to speed right. up and happen sooner. And that, that's one of the most yeah. disturbing aspects because there, there's a spot in the documentary where they ask uh, uh, W.B. Bingham III, they ask him point blank, does he, you know, does he find it a little hypocritical that he's saying that, you know, after they're all raptured up, you know, they're like, well, other people are going to be kind of forced into being, in, you know, in his train of thought, so to speak. And he's just like, you know, I don't yeah. want to see it happen, but I really don't want to see that happen. But that's just the Bible and there's nothing I can do about it. And I don't know. Uh, like I right. said, coming away from it, and looking back at it now, it's like, whoa, I can't believe that I was ever even there. <laughs> yeah. The whole end times narrative is just so crazy to me. And it, it's sad because, like, I actually believed in that for, like, a long time. You know, I only recently started, I guess you would call it like deconstructing from yeah. from the whole end time narrative. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, you know, I've, I've heard people like a lot of evangelicals too, like, I think the whole, that they misinterpret the Bible. And I, I've actually seen them hate a lot of Muslim countries and Palestinians even all because of you know this belief of supporting israel yeah so which is you know like i don't know i've just seen a lot of hatred toward like yeah they're, they're i have really... a friend who... go ahead no go ahead i have a friend who like is kind of like a he, he works with a lot of Palestinian people and he said there's like an e ethnic cleansing going on over there where they're actually killing Palestinians. And, you know, a lot of Christians support that because of the whole, you know, they believe that anyone who's against or, or fighting with Israel is actually against God. And it's, you yeah. know. Yeah, and there's something that you maybe you could help me understand this because as, as I was watching the documentary, and I, like I said, I've watched it about three times now, and there's one part mm -hmm. that was absolutely confusing to me because there's a scene where uh, they're talking to the children, and they say to the children, mm -hmm. point blank, they say, you know, they, they say the Jews are, are better than we are. They're God's chosen people, and they're better than us. Okay? Mm -hmm. And then later, but they turn around at the same time, and they're saying that in the end times, Jesus will call up the Christians, the, the true believers, and the other Jews that are left are going to be forced to come over to their way of thinking, so to speak. So how, how can you say in one sentence, okay, the Jews are God's chosen people, but yet he's going to call us up first, and then he's going to straighten the other ones out? That, that, <laughs> part, that part didn't make any sense to me. You actually kind of cut out on me. Like oh. I caught part of what you said, like, I'm but sorry. I missed like a portion. No, it's my phone. I live out in the country and sometimes this phone is real spotty. That's no problem. I, I, so I, can, I can, can you, yeah, I don't care. I'm all sorry. That. No problem. No problem at all. We'll, we'll get rolling. Uh, no, I was saying that like, there's a, there's a spot where they're, they're talking about, uh, they're talking to the children and they say to the children, you know, like, Hey, the Jews are God's chosen people. They're better than us. They tell the kids, you know, they're better than us. Um, yeah. And then later on, they say that in the end time, Jesus is going to rapture up all the Christians. And he's going to deal with the Jews that are left. And they will then 
be a great trial and tribulation that will happen, and then they will have the chance to accept him. My question is, if they're God's chosen people from the start, like then why would he call the Christians up first and sort them out later? That That's the part that made no sense. <laughs> you know, that actually doesn't make any sense to me either, to be honest. <laughs> I, was, I was catching that later. I, I was mean... Like, yeah, I was like, that makes no sense because they're, they're saying that they're better than you. They, these people are better than you. You just have to learn to accept it. And then God's going to call us up first. He's going to take us up to a safer place. And then he's going to come back down to the, to the Jews and he's going to deal with them. And he's going to put them through great tribulation until they bend to his will. So and, much, so much of the theology just doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. <laughs> no, no, it, it really doesn't. And And I think, I don't think that, you know, there was another scene in the documentary that really leaped off the page at me. It's when uh, William Boyd IV is over. Uh, I can't remember exactly where he's at, but he's talking to a rabbi. And uh, he's, he's pretty much in the Holy Land. I'm not exactly sure which part of it, but he's over there and he's talking to this rabbi. And the rabbi just tells him straight to his face, like, hey, you know, your, your belief system has caused a whole lot more damage and a lot more, you know, death and destruction. And you guys are, you know, causing a whole lot of problems for us with this belief system. And the dude seemed kind of deer in headlights. It was like he really didn't know how to answer. Uh, because at the end yeah. of the day, that's, that's what they are doing. They are rooting on death and destruction. And so that's the one spot where I was like, he seems a little like a duck out of water. It was kind of like, <laughs> and he, <laughs> he came back with some real generic answer. Like He was like, well, we just got to look at the promise that God gave to, to Moses and God gave to Abraham. And, you know, he just kind of, which made no sense really what he was saying, but it was it was like that one moment in the documentary where I was like, finally, someone is saying it to their face, like, "Hey, th what you're rooting for here?" There's a lot of, I mean, when they're sitting over here wanting the end of time to happen faster, and they're wanting all these wars and battles to happen, I mean, there's people dying, there's right. children dying. I mean, there's innocent people that had nothing to do with their fantasy, and it, it's just right. A crazy, it's a crazy concept, and like I said, I think for years I sat there in church with it sort of just going over my head. Um, because I really, right. I guess I was naive. I guess I was naive looking back, you know, and thinking that maybe they had better intentions. Yeah, and then another thing is, I think a lot of this stems from like how they take the the book of the whole book of Revelation was like written in apocalyptic literature. It wasn't meant to be taken literally. Yeah, but yet I feel like that's what a lot of today's evangelicals are doing, you know? Yeah. And, and even the whole rapture thing is a fairly new teaching. And even in like Christianity, the it, it didn't even really, it wasn't even really a, a, a teaching until like maybe a hundred years ago or so, maybe sometime like in the 1850s, I think. Yeah. And, but yeah, they just kind of take book of revelation and made it literal and you know they they honestly believe in like armageddon where people are going to be any non-christian i guess is going to be tortured you know up to the horse's bridle i think it is yeah yeah and it's just it's disturbing i mean it's really disturbing yeah it really is and, and I don't understand, I, you know, I said in the video that I did the other day that it just seems to me like that if you were told from the time you were a child, if, if you were if you were never taught that concept and you didn't grow up in churches like we did, and say you were just told mm -hmm. growing up that you got one shot through this world, just leave it better than you found it. 
you know, leave it in a better place right. for the person that comes along. It seems like it would, mm-hmm. you know, be a lot healthier way to live as opposed to living for this, you know, hope that the world's going to end. Because there's so much things that we try to get accomplished in this world. We try to talk about, even if we try to talk about something like pollution or, or just talk about the environment or climate change or whatever, their mindset is, well, this world's ending anyway, so why do we, you know, I'm not too worried about that. I mean, I've heard so many comebacks when we try to talk about issues that would push us forward. You know, they're always pulling us mm-hmm. backwards by just quoting Revelation. I've I've had family members for years that will, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you talk about a war being unnecessary, they'll just say, well, the Bible says there'll be wars and rumors of wars. And I'm like, yeah, but does that mm-hmm. mean you just sit back and let them happen? You know? <laughs> exactly. And then anytime there's an earthquake, they take it as some sort of like divine sign or, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, <laughs> that's just how the earth works, you know? Yeah. And, you know, you could assign what, I mean, a a thunderstorm could hit tomorrow and I could say it was because of something that happened. And I could, I could assign anything I wanted to, to that thunderstorm. You know, I could say because somebody done something bad to me the other day and now it's raining on them. You know, it's like, that's, that's one of the Mm -hmm. most ridiculous concepts because I've often, I'll tell you when I started thinking this uh, was when I heard people like Pat Robertson and Jerry Falwell make comments about, you know, Katrina and they, they blamed Hurricane, they blamed, uh, they said Hurricane Katrina was caused by, uh, you know, homosexuals and like 9-11 was caused by abortion and stuff like that, you know. And yeah. I, remember when I, I remember when I first heard them say that, it actually made me start questioning certain stories in the Bible. And I was like, wait a minute, you know, did did Sodom and Gomorrah really get punished for their for, for being a sinful place or did it simply come a meteor shower? And somebody didn't know what a meteor shower was, so they just assigned it and blamed it on that. <laughs> you know, there's there's so many things in the Bible you could like Noah's Ark. You could you could say, okay, did, did that really happen, or was that somebody that you know made up a story that, because they just simply couldn't explain the flood? You still there? Hello. Hello. Are you, Sorry, are you, <laughs> it, cut, okay? it cut out again. That's okay. It's no problem. Can you hear me now? Yeah, now I can. Okay. Yeah, the last thing I was talking about was just how that people will, you know, like when these modern day ministers blamed, you know, natural disasters on those things, it made me question books in the Bible and stories in the Bible that, you know, like I said, maybe right. the, maybe Noah's flood really wasn't. I mean, you know, the story goes that, you know, there were sinful people and God was going to cleanse the earth and Noah was going to be the only man saved. And it just makes you wonder, was that just another story that someone made up because they couldn't explain why a great flood came, you know? Right. I know in progressive Christian circles, they have like a, like they point out how like that's, that is like indirect opposition even to like the teachings of Jesus who said to love your enemies, you know, it's like a, it's a contradiction, you know, you have first, you you have stories of God killing his enemies and then he's telling you to love your enemies. And it's like, yeah. you know, there's a contradiction there, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I relate to everything you're saying, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, you know, there's so many people that I see on social media, especially TikTok, is is a place where I see a whole lot of people who are deconstructing. And mm-hmm. one of the, the, the big misconceptions I see, I get this comment all the time. I just read it right before I came 
uh, to do this episode with you, I was going through some comments and there was a guy saying, you know, every video you make, you're bashing Jesus. And I was like, where have I bashed Jesus? And, and that's one of the things that like I, I've noticed on your videos, I've noticed on so many people's videos who are, who are going through, you know, deconstructing and walking away from the church. They accuse us of bashing Jesus. And I don't feel like none of us, I've never watched one of your videos and thought, boy, she sure was bashing Jesus. I, I felt like right. that we were talking about what people made it out to be. And why do you think right. that is? That, why do you think that is that people just automatically assume that we all hate God and we're trying to bash God or we're trying to bash Jesus? I guess because, like, I guess when you're raised in religion, you know, anytime that they equate an attack on church or things that they've been taught, they equate that with an attack on, I guess, on Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really not. No, I mean, I mean, everybody, I think if it all came down to it, everybody would agree that loving your neighbor and feeding the hungry, you know, nobody has a problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> that I, I know of, you know. Yeah. But I, and I think people don't like having the any parts of the Bible questioned and they take I guess they take that as an attack on, you know, Christianity. But I. I don't see it that way, you know. No, I never, I never have either. I've always looked at it, you know. If it, okay, if the Bible is true, and 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 you know the words of Jesus are, are true, then then he actually instructed people to 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 listen to uh, the, to the prophets, and he talks about the false prophets and the false teachers, and the ones that he he warns you about, you know, prophets that will say things in his name, but it's not they're, they're, they don't have the right intentions. And so when right. you see these people like Kenneth Copeland and Joel Osteen just raking in millions and millions of dollars, you know, and they're just complete grifters. You know, what's funny mm -hmm. is most people will agree that they're grifters. But when you start right. when you start attacking them, even people that will agree with you and say, yeah, they're a grifter will turn and say at the same time and go, well, we can't judge them because they're preachers. And I'm like, no, if, 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 <laughs> if, if the Bible's true and what Jesus said is true, we were supposed to watch out for those people. We were supposed to be on the right. side for them. And that, that's, exactly. the, that's the part I've never understood. If you're going to be associated with Christianity and you're going to believe it to be true, wouldn't you want it to be represented by the best of people that would that would actually right. have people that was grifting other people? Exactly. And even like in, in cults, that's one thing that, you know, you're not allowed to criticize the leader, you know. Yeah. I, the most hate that I get from people is whenever I say anything about either Trump or yeah. Greg Locke yeah. or any of these creatures, you know, like the, the amount of hatred that, that that comes out of that. And it's oh yeah. It's just like this cult like mentality, you know, they don't touch they're, they're taught from the they're indoctrinated into believing that, you know, that preachers are above reproach and that if yeah. you attack a preacher then you're attacking god himself or yeah you know and i think that's kind of ingrained in people yeah i think so too and and i don't you know i, I think that's going to be something you know we're always going to face doing the kind of content we do we're always going to have that kind of blowback but i think i think there's people sitting over there on the side there's people over here you know on the fence so to speak that are, that are kind of like we were at one point in our life. They're, they're asking a lot of questions. And I, I feel like those are the kind of people that you and I are talking to, you know, it's, it's the ones right. who grew up in it and they have questions they're asking now. And they're, you know, 
I've had a lot of people reach out to me. I've had a lot of hate mail, don't get me wrong, but I've also had a lot of people reach out and say, man, I, I've thought that for years, but just didn't really know how to say it out loud. And I feel like that's our audience, yeah. you know. Right, right. You um, still with me? Yeah, I'm here. What'd you think seeing Trump in that, uh, Seeing Donald Trump in that documentary. <laughs> oh, man, that that was one of the most uh, disturbing parts to me. Um, and was, right. And was, and was seeing the was seeing the Bingham's love for Trump right out of the gate. I mean, like right out of the gate. Um, yeah. You know, uh, board the fourth says, uh, you know, we support Trump because he pushes our agenda. And um, right. That was just so disturbing to me right out of the gate. Um yeah, and there's, one, there's one line that he said that kind of jumped out at me too. He said, "He said I'm not naive enough to think that Donald Trump didn't cash in on it." And I'm like, "Well, if you right. really believe he, if you believe he cashed in on it, why are you?" <laughs> I mean, it just goes against the. I don't know. Like I, maybe I had a completely different interpretation of the Bible or understanding of it. And to me, they've just went completely off script and lost the plot. Yeah, I remember during that scene, like. <laughs> I think it was like Trump was, he had moved the, um, oh my God, the embassy. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. I remember that during that time, like all of my evangelical family, that kind of reinforced their like allegiance to Trump, I guess, because they, they thought, well, if Trump's supporting Israel, then that just proves that. Trump was sent by God, you know, so that kind of reinforced that whole narrative, you know, that, which was really disturbing. Yeah, it really was because something I've said too for a long time and I've never been able to get across to people is, you know, where in the Bible does it say that anyone other than Jesus Christ will be the one that comes down and saves Christianity? You know, it's like, yeah. there's no, there's no uh, supposedly other hero in the story. <laughs> and right. to, to make Trump out to be this hero, like, oh, look, he sided with us. I'm like, where's the Bible that says that he would? Like, where, where's right. the I mean, they were looking for that moment. And, and like I said, he, he made the comment that he, he said, I think that we well, talked about how that, you know, people in, in this part of the world and Appalachia especially felt like they were, their voices was unheard. And he said, Trump, you know, made them feel like they were, they were hurt again. He said, now don't, he said, don't get me wrong. You know, he said, I'm sure he did cash in on it, but he pushes our agenda. And to me, that, that, right. just, that just goes against the entire thing to me. It's like, if this guy is doing it, you're basically, you're basically going ahead and saying that he cashed in, did it for the money. Well, if that's the reason he did it, it was all wrong according to your own book. Yeah. You know? Right. But yeah, see, seeing him in the documentary and seeing and seeing their uh, their appreciation for him, it, it was it was pretty disheartening, honestly, for me. It really was. Yeah, I mean, I have like my whole family's in that whole cult, and it's like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I I still have people that won't talk to you know like they won't talk to me in my family because they know that I'm not a Trump supporter. And it's like, they fell for that whole lie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and, 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 you know, I'm sure that if, that if we sit and try to talk to them, it would be, you know, it, it would be very hard for us to get across because 
they bought it so hard. They, they bought into the concept of the idea so much that we do come off like the, like the devil to them. <laughs> it's like, you know, we, we come off like the, and, and I used to watch uh, documentaries back in the day. I would watch Jonestown documentaries, documentaries on Waco and stuff. And you would see interviews with like the, the family members who weren't there. And they was like, Hey, I had a brother or I had a sister or I had a kid or, you know, I had a mom or a dad, you know, they were there and, um, we tried to talk to them, tried to get through and they wouldn't hear us. And I used to say to myself, man, that would be terrible. That would be like an awful way to live, you know? And now right. there's certain family members I have now that I just feel like, I don't even know that we could have a conversation about it because I'm sure, you know, to the ones that have, that have listened to, to my content and what I do. And if heaven forbid, they heard my, um, my, my criticism of that documentary, they would probably never want to carry on a conversation with me again. <laughs> Um, you know, and so I, you know, it's really, I mean, I admit I'll, I'll give you that it's divisive and it's definitely divided people up, but I just feel like that, you know, I really feel at the end of the day, we're going to be on the right side of history. And I feel like that we're on the side of sanity, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, another part of that uh, documentary that I found disturbing was, John Hagee's comments about the Jewish people. Yes. I'm um, glad you brought that up. Yeah, he said something to the effect of what was it that that God like that the whole Holocaust was like ordained by God or something? Yes. Isn't that what you got out of that? That's how yeah, I he said it. something that, Yeah, I actually had looked up that quote that he had said and it was just like cuz I ha- I had to do a double take when he said it. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, basically excusing the Holocaust as something sent by God. And I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah. Yeah. That I was, was like, my God. That one, uh, I think I actually caught that, I think, the second time I watched it. Um, yeah. Because, you know, and that's why, for me, sometimes I, I do have to watch something more than once to catch everything because I'm still in. I think like my first time watching it, I was in so much shock that I kept having to pause yeah. it several times and kind of process what I heard. And, and that escaped me. And then you pointed it out. And when I watched it the second thing, you know, they're saying all those quiet parts out loud now. And uh, right. there, was a, there was a guy, I, I don't know if I've said his name correctly, but he's from Liberty University. His name was like Ryan Helfenbein. I'm not sure if I'm saying that exactly right. But um, he was talking about how evangelicals needed to get control of education. He said, we, he said, he said, evangelicals, he said, we are education and we have to be the ones educating the kids. He said, uh, if you take a look at like Hitler and Stalin and Mao, he said, they understood that. And he said, we need to get back to that. And I'm like, the dude's just up there, you know, giving credit. Like he, he's pointing to people and saying, Hey, look, Hitler did it. And it's going right over people's yeah. head. Like, oh my God. I, I never thought we would get to that point where ministers would be. And one minister, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but uh, he was talking and, and he went back on Twitter and tried to say that we were attacking him and accusing him of, uh, of, he said we took it out of context, but he was saying how that there were certain quotes by Hitler that we should listen to, that there were certain things he said that was, you know. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, and then he goes on to say, now we have to, we have to, we have to, you know, denounce all the t- bad stuff he did. And I'm like, dude, if you give that guy any credibility at all, you can't. Adolf Hitler is not a person you can say, oh, well, th- he had this good thing about him. You can't do that. Not with that guy. That's not a guy that you can pick and choose and say, I mean, that's one of the worst, right. people, that's one of the worst people in human history. 
you know. And even <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Exactly. Oh, did you hear about the Moms for Liberty? Uh, they had gotten to some heat because uh, they were using like a Hitler quote in one of their yeah. I don't know if it was their newsletters. And I've just been hearing like a lot of Hitler quotes lately, which is really disturbing. I mean, I think didn't Kanye West say something about Hitler? And then I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. All it's those, like, all the far right talk show people are suddenly interested in Hitler, and I'm like, good God. Yeah, and it's like, and then Roseanne was even under fire uh, recently for saying sort of. I think she said something like the Holocaust didn't happen. Yeah. Like, oh my. It's like the rhetoric is increasing with the fascism movement that seems to be growing, and it's it's scary. Yeah, it it really is. You know, I grew up in the eighties, and and uh, my grandfather was a World War Two veteran, and uh, yeah, I just remember I've always. From the time I was little, I was always, you know, reading and studying history. I've always been fascinated by it. My grandpa would read stories to me, and he would tell me about things he he saw and stuff like that nature. And I don't know. It's just it's we've we've came so far, like from where I thought we were, because uh, you know I can remember, you know, I just sometimes say to myself, what would my grandfather think if he was here today and he saw protests happen and he saw people standing over here with American flags, Confederate flags, and Nazi flags? you know, all all on the same side of the street and people just kind of, you know, going ahead now and quoting Hitler and things like that. I mean, I just thought that's something that all of us as Americans, no matter what side of the aisle you were on, I thought we were in agreement that, you know, Hitler was a bad guy. It's so weird that that it's, that it's creeped in now. And I just think they're, I think when they do stuff like that, they're just kind of testing the water to see just how much of it they can get away with. You know, just, just how much, yeah. can we, just how much can we say? How much will people accept? And they've yeah. already, they've already got someone like Trump who has, who has, you know, preyed upon people's emotions and he's empowered that hatred so much. Yeah. That, you know, the more they stoke the flames and the more they get people mad, the more they get people angry, then they can kind of start slipping in those things and they'll just roll with it because they're not thinking clearly. They're thinking out of anger. You know, they're, they're letting rage control their emotions. Right. There's just yeah, so many. Uh, and then you have all these proud boy types that are seem to be coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. The book banning has increased. You know, yeah. that's something they did. Um, and then the whole like, you know, one of the targets of the Holocaust was uh, the gay community. In, in Germany. Yeah. And uh, I was reading about the language that they used to, to get people on board with that. And one of the, the language that they used in 1930s Germany to justify killing gay people was the same language that they're using now. They accuse yeah. them of uh, indoctrinating the youth and coming after the youth, they use the exact same language as, as what you're hearing now to, to yeah. get people on board. That, that's, like, so, that's so disturbing. It really is. It really is. I feel like if we don't turn around, at, you know, then 
I don't know. I just don't want to see history repeat itself, but it can, you know, and I think. Absolutely. And I think it's one of those things that can repeat itself in a way that the other side won't even realize it's happening because they're looking at it. They're looking at it through a different lens. You know, they're looking at it like they're trying to preserve their morals and preserve their values and, I don't think they're yeah. realize. I, I really made a guy mad the other day. This this dude just sent me messages. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't reply to it because, like, I will I will go back and forth with somebody. If somebody sends me a message and wants to talk to me or whatever, I'll, I'll reply and go back and forth until somebody is just, like, adamant that I respond to them, like, you know, almost threatening nearly. You know, then I'm just going to be like, hey, you know, um, I'm not going to listen. But this guy was just going on and on and on. Uh, about how that people like us was pedophiles and was trying to indoctrinate children. And, you know, the only thing, the only punch I got in edgewise was, man, that he just said, that's exactly what they were saying back then. Do you not see the parallel here? Um, And they don't, they don't see it at all because they feel like they've bought the narrative that we're the enemy and that everything, you know, that, that, that we're the communists. Like they, they, they bought into this concept that we're the communists and they don't realize they're actually mirroring communism wholeheartedly right and then they buy into the whole end time so they think we're all going to be killed anyway <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah so- yeah it's uh it's crazy you know the way that they uh go about it and and, and i just think that um you know I've, I've made this point several times Again, going back to people like us, that a lot of our content is about deconstructing. A lot of our content is about questioning, you know, Christianity and question, questioning ministers, things like that. I've always been back to this point. If we was over here, I have never heard any of us criticize people, like you said, for loving your neighbor. Uh, I've never heard any of us uh, criticizing turn the other cheek, or you know, I've never heard, I've heard, I've never heard any of us really criticizing the teachings of Jesus. Uh, we're criticizing people who are bullies, who are, you know, who are hateful mm-hmm. people. And it's right. so backwards to me. It's like, it's like, I don't hear anyone on the, I don't hear any, I, I've not heard one person that makes videos along the lines of deconstruction saying, boy, you know, to hell with this group of Christians over here who was feeding the hungry today. You know, like, <laughs> we, we, it's not like we've ever said that. We're, we're talking about people right, being exactly. Yeah, we're talking about people being racist, homophobic. We're talking about people, you know, walking into schools and unaliving people right and left. You know, those those are the things we're talking about. And somehow we still get told that that we're we're you know demonizing Christianity. And it's like, no, we're just we're trying to wake people up to to what's going on, you know. And and, right. and I, think, I think there's so many people out there that have been brought up to believe it, but there's you know, when I as I watched that documentary, especially because you know, like I said, I went to church there. I remember uh, back, I said this in the podcast before I reviewed it. I went there like that would be that was the church we would go to for Bible Bible school vacation. We'd go for like a week, you know. And uh-huh. so as I'm watching that documentary, I'm going, "Crap!" I was at one point in my life, I was sitting right in that same chair, you know. And I'm thinking yeah. to myself, I'm thinking to myself, I wonder as I'm looking at the little kids' faces, it was kind of sad to me because I was going, "I wonder if there's one there that's going to get out." You know, I wonder if there's, <laughs> I wonder if there's going to be one one day that'll be making TikToks and pissing people off. You know, it's like, will, will one of them, will one of them be the one that, you know, steps away? Cause I don't, I really think a lot of people buys into it cause they were taught to buy into it and they were taught to buy into it through fear. 
And right. I think, you know, the further, you know, I've often said that I just believe if people was raised up with no uh, Christianity at all, and then they were just told about it one day out of the blue, they would think it was the craziest thing they ever heard. You know, concepts, if you tried to, you know, if you tried to introduce this whole concept of, you know, their connection with Israel to somebody, they would think that was absolutely insane. But if you're brought up in it from childhood, you'll go right along with it. Right. Uh, Another part that stood out on the documentaries, whenever he like was, he was teaching all of, all of that to kids. And he was like admitting that he was indoctrinating them. Do you remember that part? Yeah. Where he was like, (laughs) I'm like, Wow, they're admitting to indoctrinating kids with yeah, this. Yeah, he said this is where he said this is where our indoctrination starts, and then he said, "I know that's kind of a word, but that's what we do." <laughs> like, <laughs> like what part? The part that cracked me up the most about him was, in particular, is that he said a lot of stuff. Like, I don't know if you ever had to stop watching it, but one of the thoughts went through my head was, "Okay, this is this documentary was made for them and to make them look good." Yet there was so many times in the documentary where I felt like they answered the questions in ways that almost uh, it did make them look bad. You know what I mean? It's like there, yeah. was times, there was times where you couldn't tell. I was like, is this documentary being made for them or is it being made to expose them? You know what I, mean? <laughs> I thought it was being made to expose them, but I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just because I've. Yeah, but I, like, I, end, I, like when it went off, it was saying how that, you know, that, that it was their documentary, that it was with that Israel, uh, I can't even talk, with that foundation in Israel, you know, thanks to them for, you know, making this, you know, like I said, it, oh, yeah, it, okay. it, come, it comes off like, to me, I, I think you got the same impression. We felt like it was exposing them, but I think they felt like, hey, this is getting our message out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that, that's how it comes because he just, he said stuff to me sometimes, I was like, dude, like, you don't realize how bad that's actually sounding out loud. And then the, the part that just really, right. the part that really leaped off the page at me, I, I, I bet I, every time I watch it, I back it up and watch it again. Cause I don't, I don't mean to laugh at it cause it's not really funny, but it's just, it's when the woman from Israel is in Binghamtown Baptist church, she's in there and she's came all the way. And well, actually right before that, they show them driving her through the town and they're showing some of the worst parts of town. And, and she's like, uh, that house looks abandoned. And he goes, oh, no, there's people who live there. And now he's driving right past all that to get to his church, which is the nicest church in town, you know. Right. And, and what's so odd is when she gets in the church, uh, William Boyd Bingham III is talking. And right in front of her, he like he, he's talking right in front of her. And he says, you know, he's talking about how they'll all be raptured up. He said, and then all those New York Jews and those basketball, NBA basketball team on the Jews and them Hollywood liberal Jews. And I'm like, he said, they'll all be, you know, called up to, they'll, they'll have to go through tribulation or whatever. And he leans right down on her face and says it. And you can sort of see her not knowing how to respond. And then when they show her like later and they ask her about that, they said, what did you think about what he was saying? Right here is where I was like, someone should have did a better editing job because they let her pause uh-huh. forever trying to think, you know, she's like, well, um, and finally <laughs> she, goes, she goes, I don't really remember what it was he was saying, but, uh, I remember I had a moment, you know, as a Jewish person where I was really angry just for a moment. And then I realized that I needed to start thinking more in my godly mind. And I mean, she, that's, that's the way she took the question. But I was like, he just insulted your, he just insulted you and your family. Yeah, right, he just basically, right. He basically just told her she was going to be tortured in a yeah. tribulation. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and she, 
But she had just took a $25,000 check from them as a donation. And I'm sure she's sitting there right. thinking, crap, I just took this check and now he said this to me. You could see the uncomfortable look on her face when he said it. And then later when the when they're asking her about it. And that's when I begin to say to myself, wait, is this documentary too to expose them or is it or is it trying to or is it trying to show off the message because to me if, if, if it had been my documentary i'm just saying if that had been something let's say you and i was working on and i was like hey rochelle we're going to try to make ourselves look as good as we can here <laughs> that's one of those moments where i would be like hey maybe we could like edit that and like cut out that big long pause <laughs> and just cut straight to the part where she says just cut straight to the part where she says oh i was in my godly brain you know it, it, just, it just didn't make them look good to me it was like this is making you guys look terrible and you're for some reason like you, you seem like you're okay with it. It was uh it was pretty Oh common. man. Yeah. But um you know that's one of the things I you know, I know you and I you've shared so much and I've I've learned so much from your TikToks. Uh there's so many people I've become aware of uh because of your TikToks and, and you exposing us. So I just want to say thanks for doing that because I really appreciate it, and my mom and dad watches it. I've got, I've got them uh, following you on TikTok as well, and and we oh, just, yeah, know, nice, cool. yeah, and it's just you know, I mean, just seeing, you know, there's so many times you brought out ministers like the Shane Vaughn guy, you know. Um, oh there's so, yeah, <laughs> there's so many of those you've brought to my attention, and I'm like, holy shit! Like when I watch it, um, <laughs> but I think those people need to be brought to to the light, and you know, more light needs to be shined on them to show them for what they are, you know. Right. And and half of these guys have like millions of followers. I don't know. The whole Trumpianity thing just makes me kind of sad, you know, just the amount of hatred that it's brought into the world, you know? Yeah. It does me too. And I and sometimes when I think back on Trump's presidency, I, I hear people and you'll, you'll hear a lot of like people talk. I've, I'll catch some clips sometimes of, you know, Joe Rogan or Bill Maher or different people. They'll be talking and they'll talk about how not all of Trump's policies were bad or, you know, they'll, they'll make it out like, well, he had some good policies I liked or whatever. And I'm like, put all that to the side for a minute and just look at it, what his presidency did to us as a, as a whole. And right. I just think for years to come, we're going to be trying to get that stink off of us. We're going to be trying to, he just exposed so much of our dark side and our and the worst of us that you know, yeah. I, don't really, I don't really care about it. You know, it's like it's like, no, I mean, this guy has done a whole lot of damage to our country and we see what now has happened with the Supreme Court and you know, he appointed the Supreme oh, Court yeah. and everything went the opposite way. So much progress was took away because he got elected, you know, and right. And I don't think he really ever was necessarily a republican or a democrat i think he was just simply a narcissist you know who who wanted yeah. to get what he wanted accomplished and i think there were a lot of people pulling strings and getting you know a friend of mine one time said something that made me think back actually back when trump first took office he said man i just think all these people are going to realize what an egomaniac he is and what a narcissist he is and so they're going to use him to get everything they want accomplished because he will do it just yeah. to stroke his own ego he'll do it just to stroke his own ego and I, right. th I think a whole lot of that. Yeah, and he knew that he could manipulate evangelicals, so he actually that, you know. Yeah. If you pay, even if you pay attention to his speeches, you know, he'll use like religious language. He'll call himself the chosen one, 
Yeah. You know, I think in 2016 he promised them power. So it's like he's he's per he he knows that's his audience and so he's manipulating that any way that he can. Yeah. And I think he's I think honestly I, I don't think the guy could tell you two things about the Bible or make it make sense, you know. I, I guarantee you, right. you and I both you and I both have studied the Bible twenty times longer or harder than Donald Trump ever did. He's just saying the talking yeah. point to like you said, to appease the crowd. But uh, it's, uh, like I said, I think it's going to take us a long time to, to move past all the damage he's done, not just to the country, but to, to the American psyche and what he, like what he's got inside of our heads and, and allowed people to think, you know, I think yeah. uh, it's going to be something. There, I think you're going to see a lot of politicians try to imitate him going forward. Um, well, we yeah. are now. We're, we're seeing a whole lot of them try to do that. Um but it's going to, I think it's going to be, I think he definitely changed the, the course of, uh, to me, there's like, to me, I, I know this sounds bad to put it in this context, but I, you know, just from my lifetime, I'm 43 years old, just from my lifetime, there's like moments where things stop making sense. And one of those moments for me was 9-11. Like after 9-11, it seemed like nothing made sense for the longest time. Like I couldn't make sense of nothing yeah. that was going on. And now Trump's presidency is another mm-hmm. one that I'm like, I can't make sense of the world now. Like, it, right. there's like the, it's, it, there's like the, it's kind of like the pre-Trump era. I think years from now, I'll be an old man saying, yeah, I remember back before Trump took office, we used to be this way. <laughs> you know? Right. All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed uh, the conversation that I had with Rochelle, a.k.a. the Hillbilly Exvangelical. Once again, thanks so much to Rochelle for being on the show. She's one of my favorite content creators on TikTok. If you haven't followed her yet, look up the Hillbilly Exvangelical. She does have a couple of channels on there. Uh, check her out. You'll love her stuff. If you love someone who goes after these grifting, hate-mongering style ministers, uh, Rochelle is the perfect place to go because uh, I never gloss over or scroll past one of her videos when I'm scrolling TikTok. You know, there's so much stuff on that app these days that a lot of times you'll just see something and keep moving. But if I see her talking about something, I stop because I know she's going to bring something important to the light and she's going to have some, you know, uh, really good thoughts about it. And she's going to challenge you to think critically. And I really appreciate her. And I appreciate her sitting down and talking with me. Again, I'm sorry about the uh, wonky internet connection. Uh, I'm new to this. Uh, this is an amateur podcast. I don't have an editing team. Uh, I'm doing everything you're hearing from my phone. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's not always going to be picture perfect, uh, but we're trying and we're learning as we go. We're learning the ropes as we go. We're going to get better at it as we go. Uh, both of us live, you know, kind of out in the country, so to speak. And so um, there's always issues with internet when you're in places like this. Uh, but we had a good time. We plowed through it and made it through it. And uh, hopefully my edits that I did uh, works. <laughs> And I don't go back and listen to it later and say, well, crap, I thought I, I got that ironed out. Hopefully I was able to iron out the a few little rough spots we had and get us back on track. Um, but I appreciate you guys so much for listening. Uh, I've been talking to a lot of people, uh, potential guests that I could have on the show. Uh, you know, the whole concept behind If These Hills Could Talk, it was a place for progressives uh, in red states to, uh, to talk and, and share their ideas because the idea was that If These Hills Could Tell You the Other Side of Things, uh, the, the Republicans and the MAGA Republicans, the, the right wingers and the, uh, you know, the hardcore Bible thumpers, they have the microphone and they're really fucking loud. And, uh, 
So the idea was, well, if these hills could talk, if you could hear the other side, the other way of thinking, um, I understand that to a whole lot of people out there, uh, as I'm weeding through my hate mail, I'm really trying to figure people out. And the one thing I'm beginning to understand is people are just so programmed. They're so programmed to hear a Southern accent, to hear hillbilly dialect, and to see somebody who doesn't look the part. You know, they, they, they're, they're so trained that that sort of, you know, hillbilly accent is just going to be Jeff Foxworthy jokes. And when they suddenly are being, you know, told something from a different point of view, something that they didn't hear in their church, something that they didn't hear on Fox News, something that they didn't hear their crazy uncle say at Sunday dinner, you know, it kind of jolts them a little bit because they're like, wait a minute, what the fuck? This guy looks like me, he sounds like me, but fuck, he's saying something different. And that's pretty much the whole concept behind If These Hills Could Talk. If we could have a voice, then this is what we would say, uh, coming at you from a different angle. We were brought up, there's something I want to say to any Trump supporter who may have somehow stumbled across this episode. You know, we grew up right next to you in the same Sunday school classrooms, in the same, um, you know, schools that we grew up in. And whether you want to admit it or not, we were all being indoctrinated and we were all being groomed. Some of us had questions. Some of us dug a little deeper. Some of us went out on a limb and, 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 and challenged the status quo and said, hey, I don't necessarily buy this bullshit you're putting down. That doesn't make us traitors. That doesn't make us communist. And when you start coming at us calling us shit like pedophiles and Satanists and all this shit, that's stuff that you've been groomed as an adult by right-wing media. You've been groomed to say that shit to us. So I've had several people over time ask me, hey, would you ever have... Uh, you know, a Trump supporter, or would you ever have a hardcore Christian on the show? The answer to that is yes and no. Um, yes, if I knew the person and I knew that I could engage in a respectful conversation with them, I would have no problem whatsoever sitting down with somebody on the opposite side of the fence. As a matter of fact, before I ever started this podcast, I actually recorded an episode with a Pentecostal minister and then my dumb ass could never get it off of the little recording device that I used over to, I couldn't do shit with it other than play it for you on that device. <laughs> so I may reach out to him again and say, hey, do you want to do a take two of this now that I've got <laughs> this app and we can do it this way? I may reach out and do that. He and I disagreed about 99% of the things that we talked about, but we had a respectful conversation. So yes, if someone out there uh, was on the opposite side of the fence and could speak respectfully and and have a respectful conversation, and I knew ahead of time that we could have one, then I would be more than willing to have it. But I'm not going to just turn over my platform to somebody that wants to yell, that wants to one-up me, uh, you know, that wants to have these gotcha moments. Uh, I'm not really a fan of the, of the anymore. Maybe back in the 90s this might have worked, but I'm not really a fan of the, of the crossfire-style shows uh, where you got one guy on one side screaming and the other guy on the other side screaming, um, that's not what I want to do. I just want to have conversations, uh, with people, um, because, you know, it's not about, to me, it's not about who can get the other one or who can one up the other one. It's not about me screaming in somebody's face to the point that I make them tap out or look stupid. And, you know, so yeah, yes and no, I, I would have somebody on. Yes, I would have somebody on if I knew ahead of time I could have a respectful conversation, if I thought it was just going to turn into some sort of, you know, th those clips, man, and it goes with both ways. It, it does. I have seen clips on Fox. I've seen clips on CNN. I've seen clips on MSNBC 
where you just got people screaming. Hannity is one of the worst to me, uh, where he's just he's just hollering at the person, talking over top of them. And uh, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't sit and, and waste five minutes of my time talking to an idiot like that. You know, Richard Dawkins, um, one of my favorite uh, writers ever. He's an evolutionary uh, uh, biologist. I love his work. Uh, the God Delusion is one of my favorites. The Greatest Show on Earth. Uh, he's got so many great ones. But, uh, you know, he refused to go back on Fox News. And, of course, people like Hannity and Carlson was like, oh, he's a fucking chicken shit. But he was like, look, I'm not going to sit there and and put myself out there for you to just talk over top of me and try to hit me with a bunch of cliches and then flex your muscles like you want something. So, yeah, enough of that. But uh, I do want again, I want to thank... Uh, Rochelle, so much for uh, for being on the show, the Hillbilly Evangelical. I'm excited about some of the guests that I got coming your way. And again, thank you guys so much for uh, sharing my stuff and getting it out there. Uh, had a video recently go viral, and uh, I mean it's the most mega viral video I've ever had. It's absolutely blew my inbox through the roof on all the platforms, uh, and all my platforms just started quadrupling in size uh, from that video. So if anybody out there has sent me a message that I haven't replied to yet, it's not me ignoring you. It's just, it's just trying to weed through all the bullshit. Um, there is so much of it. I've got so much positive feedback and I've got so much hate mail and I just sort of scroll through it and I kind of tap on one and I'll just go ahead and say, I don't mean this in a dickhead way. I'm just being, I'm just being brutally honest with you because that's how I believe in being with you. If you just send me a little waving hand, I don't know what the fuck you're trying to say. I don't know if you're waving like, hey, I love you, or hey, fuck off. <laughs> so I don't respond to those. Um, I have responded to uh, messages where people came at me with a lot of love and respect, and there's been people that just came at me with total disrespect, and I've told them to go fuck off, you know, if I was in the mood. A lot of times I just let it roll off of me, but every now and then, if I've responded to hate mail, it's because I've read about 50 of them and went, fuck, like, God damn you, shut the fuck up, you know. It's like, <laughs> it's like so if, you, if you're out there and you was like, hey, I sent you hate mail and you responded to me, well, you was probably the 50th one I read and I was about ready to throw up and I just finally said, you know what, fuck off. So anyway, uh, this has been a great episode and I look forward to more coming down the line. Uh, be sure to uh, follow the Hillbilly Exvangelical on TikTok and uh, follow Tennessee Brando wherever you can find me. I'm on all the platforms now. So, uh, if you can't find out, uh, if you can't spell out Tennessee, it's TN Brando normally. Every now and then you'll see it spelled all the way out, but look for it, find it. And uh, I'll see you guys down the road. Until next time, uh, y'all have a good week, and I'll see you again.